Well, the first chapter in my book is a bias for action. I mean, we, we all know that as a good thing. I mean, the military has it as a, as a moniker, right? Yeah. And as a leader, we're always told we have to have a bias for action. When I was leading in corporate, that was very much sort of a, you know, philosophy for me. But what I'm finding is today, the constant motion um, is not necessarily serving us. We have so much coming at us that we, we can't begin to take advantage of technology advances, seemingly disconnected things that are going to now be connected if we don't stop long enough to let what we're reading, hearing, and thinking about marinate. So it's not a mindfulness thing. I'm not knocking mindfulness, but yeah. I don't call it a mental timeout. I call it a mental time in. Do you ever feel like you're a walking to-do list or if you're just trying to conquer chaos and put out fires as a leader? Well, if you do, you're probably not alone, but um, today's podcast, we have Sarah Kennedy and um, she talks about this very topic and she has a lot of interesting things to say about just taking space to think strategically, space to just really understand all of the stimulants and data that you're trying to deal with. Um, and not get trapped in this constant motion. So um, we'll just jump right in the interview. Sarah had a lot of stuff to say. She's, she does these, these really cool workshops, a lot of keynoting um, where she works with teams to have some of these breakthroughs. And, and so um, listen on into the interview with Sarah. I am in and out of either companies, you know, obviously Dell, cause I'm here in Austin. So mm -hmm. I do uh, work with them on either high potential programs or leadership programs. Um, and I do speaking, keynoting, um, and typically I speak on either, you know, how to accelerate your career as a leader or as a, you know, success oriented professional. And traditionally I talk a lot about, um, doing that is as much about the experiences you give others, right? Yeah. So know-how, um, experience, knowledge, intellect is only half the game. The other half is how you bring your skills to the table, right? Yeah. Um, and I talk about, you know, what are the things that most impact how others experience you and how do you rank, right? Mm, how do you yeah. contemplate where you are on those factors? And then how do you close the gap if there are gaps um, in how people are experiencing you in a way that you want them to? Mm. That has been a big part of my message. And then it has evolved with my second book, which is as a leader, how can we improve the experience we give ourselves? In other words, because I hear so much from leaders about how overwhelmed they are in this new landscape, what can they do differently? Because the traditional things are no longer working, right? Um, working harder, staying more tethered to their phones, doing more of what worked in the past isn't necessarily giving them traction. Yeah. And so I set out to think about some things that either humbled me to hear about what other leaders are doing to get a hold of this new landscape and things upon reflection that actually worked for me that I was rewarded for, but they may not have served me well today. Tell me about one of those. What do you mean by that? Well, the first chapter in my book is a bias for action. I mean, we, we all know that as a good thing. I mean, the military has it as a, as a moniker, right? Yeah. 
And as a leader, we're always told we have to have a bias for action. When I was leading in corporate, that was very much sort of a, you know, philosophy for me. But what I'm finding is today, the constant motion um, is not necessarily serving us. We have so much coming at us that we, we can't begin to take advantage of technology advances, seemingly disconnected things that are going to now be connected if we don't stop long enough to let what we're reading, hearing, and thinking about marinate. So it's not a mindfulness thing. I'm not knocking mindfulness, but yeah. I don't call it a mental timeout. I call it a mental time in. You got to expand upon that because mindfulness was the first word that came to mind when you said that, you know, so it's like, okay, yeah, and I understand that. And I think there's yeah. a place for that, but tell me about well, mindfulness is really about stepping away from work and recharging. I'm mm -hmm. not purporting that. I'm saying you need to take a strategic pause every week or every day, whatever works for you. Um, I, I say start with an hour once a week um, and lay everything out. Look at your week. Look at the meetings you've attended. Look at the data that you've asked for. <laughs> look at um, the conversations you've had and review it and, and get more intentional about what you're going to act on, what you're going to let go. Uh, try to separate the wheat from the chaff in the data that you're receiving. Um, try to remember a comment in a meeting where somebody had a good idea and you left to fight fires and the idea never went anywhere. Yeah. So you're actually doing a lot when you're taking the strategic pause. Mm -hmm. And you would say that it's the urgent that's replacing the important in that, in that situation, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's our tendency, right? So again, in that first chapter, I talk about a very, uh, it's gaining traction as a study, but it was done, I think last year with goalkeepers and penalty kicks in soccer. And the study found that if goalkeepers stayed in the middle versus moving to the left and the right, they would have a 33% more chance of blocking the kick. Now, what's really ironic is even knowing that, these goalkeepers still moved to the right and to the left more often than standing still. And that's because we are wired to take action and to move. We think sitting still is laziness, is unresponsive. We tie a lot of meaning around um, it. So it's a combination of things. It's not just that we're in the urgent. It's that we, we are conditioned to move. And, and the thing that has changed has been there's so many uh, inputs that are, that are acting on us that we're not taking time or just like almost just responding to all the inputs. That's right. Um, so, the, so the condition that's changed, while that might have been good a generation ago or even five, ten years ago, right. um, what's changed has been the increase in stimuli, inputs, data. That's right. Okay. Right. And that's gotcha. the intro of my book, right? I talk about those changes. And that, um, you know, we cannot rely on the same leadership practices that we used to rely on. So tell me a little bit about like the success. So you do these workshops, you know, um, as someone that's like then turned on to that idea and starts to practice that, tell me a little bit about um, 
just kind of what what results are they seeing in terms of the action that they do take or the strategic direction or unity of the team? Like what are some of then the benefits that they're seeing um, as a result of that? Well, so two things. Um, the book just launched in March. So I'm doing more keynoting around that, yeah. which is really compelling with the message. But of course, I always have actionable strategies. So I don't cover all seven of the strategies. I cover three. And I give them in between each some things to really contemplate and do. My hope and what I've heard from people who 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 do this practice, and they may not have called it that, is two things. They want to take back control and feel like they have more control over what they're doing. They don't want to be walking to, to do this, and they don't want to be firefighters. That they, sums up like 99% of, I think, people in leadership, right? They're doing those things. <laughs> right. And so that's one, the taking back control. But really, my emphasis because it, start, it starts to sound like a productivity, and, and that's not the point of my book. My emphasis is that it also allows leaders to feel like they are, they are a bigger part of moving the company forward and, and, and coming up with and being a part of the innovations or being able to use the innovative technology versus just spinning their wheels. Yeah. And, and so what happens when they can do that is that they achieve more meaning from their work mm. as a leader. Do, is the barrier to that, that they find meaning in the motion, you know, meaning in just the busyness to some degree? Like, yes, I might feel out of control, but at least I'm moving, at least I'm being busy, you know, kind of wearing that as a badge of honor, so to speak. Or I could yeah. be, I don't want to make an assumption there, but. Yeah, I, it's funny, because I say that modern leaders don't mistake motion with meaning mm -hmm. and i think that's that's the problem is that in some cases they do but i'm hearing from leaders that not even that it's like they know they mm -hmm. know that they're not contributing at the level they want to be um because it's all they can do to just keep up they're yeah. not coaching their and developing their staff they're not part of some really cool innovations they're not uh, they're not being able to serve on a more strategic level because they're in the tactical constantly. Yeah. And do you see that? What do you see that um, changing in the next, you know, five to 10 years? It's, I would assume it's only going to get worse, right? You know? Yes. Yeah. And so I think it's going to take deliberate thought about, wait a minute, I got to do some things differently doing more of what I've always done is no longer working for me. Um, and so, yeah. So tell me about some of these workshops that you do. Like, um, what do they, what do they include? What are some of the, pri I mean, I'm trying to put myself in, in the shoes of someone that's going to listen to this, right. Yes. And say, maybe no, they're like, great. yes, yes, this is me. Yeah. Like you're speaking my language, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> so then so, maybe how do they get started or yeah. how, and then tell me about the workshop, like talk to, talk to that a little bit. So I think my most popular workshop, um, and it's funny cause I don't like the term, um, but it's called your leadership brand. And the subtitle is um, 
evaluate your impact and demonstrate your value, right? Because I think early on, I was working with a lot of leaders and high potentials, frankly, who wanted to see their career catapult. They, they wanted to take charge of their own career. That was kind of the space I lived in. Yeah. And companies wanted to be able to say, we support your career growth. Um, and so I would sneak in um, <laughs> this idea of emotional intelligence. So I have my own brand 360 platform where they can get 360 degree feedback. And it used to be 12 factors, now it's nine. They're very much EQ related. It's self-awareness, decision-making skills, impulse control, uh, ability to collaborate, um, those sorts of things, right? So it's nothing like shocking in terms of here are the things that most drive how others experience you and will most impact whether they hire you, choose to work with you or put you on the don't do list. Mm -hmm. Let's see where, how you want to be seen on these and some other categories. And then let's talk about what's, in order to know how people are experiencing you, you have to ask, you have to know. It's hard. And I, when I'm giving my keynote, I always say, this is where I lose everybody. You know, how many of you really want to know and want feedback? And I said, yeah, everybody raises their hand. And then when I offer this brand 360, guess how many actually take me up on it? And it's free. I, yeah. If I'm speaking, I do it for free for them. Yeah. Have access to my platform. And I said, here's why. You know, we want to be accepted for who we are, but we do want to learn and grow. And those two things run counter. Yeah. So it's about getting feedback and figuring out where to close the gap, if it's important to you how to take action on your own. I don't believe everybody has to have a career or executive coach to do it. Yeah. I give them all kinds of resources they never even knew were out there for free. Um, and then tell them how that's gonna help impact their career trajectory. Mm -hmm. Now, what I've done lately in the last year is I've tacked on, here are the experiences you give others. Now let's talk about creating a better experience for yourself. And so I'll start to tack on some of these new philosophies of how to disrupt the way you think, work, and lead. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that way, you know, if you look at my website, I specifically changed the questions about three months ago. You know, it used to be, you know, are you, are you taking charge of your own growth and development are you and now you'll see you know if you read those three questions are your people armed to handle today's chaotic environment um are you doing everything you can to you know i forget what the questions are but but i've shifted them yeah so it's more on the new book stuff um then than the older stuff but both is still very relevant um so these are kind of the these aren't leadership in terms of tactics and how to do a performance review and how to do a PL. And these are moving from management to leadership. Mm. How to be more influential, how to, you know. That, and that's a, that's a, a very accurate um, term. I mean, that, that's what we're seeing a lot in the, in the space is just it's management to, to like leadership or coaching or developing people um, that's a, 
it's it's a hard uh, transition to make for a lot of people. I think because for a lot of reasons, but I mean, you probably know way more than I do, but like they have a lot of baggage from that, either, you know, past managers or models that they've had. Um, right. They just don't know how to do it. And so you kind right. of default to some of to the worst practices and habits that, you know, I assume. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you sure. so much, Sarah. Yeah. Um, you said you, you give away a lot of stuff for free. So I'd love to have like maybe something for our listeners, like where, if they hit your website or, you know, as we link up stuff in the show notes, like what is something that you could offer, you know, for them that would give them the taste of this a little bit more tangibly? Yeah. Um, so one thing I can think of is I have a, I have a career acceleration workbook. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a do it yourself. Yeah. Um, do you have a way to um, post a PDF? Yeah, we could do that. We could post okay. a link to a PDF. Yeah, I can send you that. Perfect. That'd be great. Good. And then people can find you at sarahcanaday.com. Correct. Yep. And we'll link that up in the show notes. So awesome. Well, thank you. You're welcome. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.